It's one that you have been lovingly shrieking at me to watch for quite a while, <laughs> and I, I find... Lovingly me- shrieking. That is perfect. Oh, you're in trouble now. Why? 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 The Oscars are this Sunday, so today we're sharing three nominated films that we think you should see right now because it's always important to do your homework. Plus, we have someone here who may be able to help your chances of winning your office Oscar pool this year. Turner Classic Movies host and certified gold derby expert himself, Dave Carger. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. (laughs) Hey, guys. Great to see and hear you. Yeah, you too. We've missed you. Missed you too. How has your Oscar season been so far? Long. But fun, but fun. (laughs) I mean, I think back to some of the things I've gotten to do and it's been like kind of shocking. And in this semi-virtual, semi-real life world, I've still had some really fun events and Q&As and uh, award shows with a lot of these nominees. So it's been it's been a fun six months. What's been the best Q&A that you've hosted so far? I did an event at the Santa Barbara Film Festival that I do every year called Ooh. Virtuosos. And it's like eight breakouts of the year. So we had Ariana DeBose, Alana oh, Haim, Amelia Jones and Troy Kotzer from CODA, Katrina Balfe oh. and Kieran Hines from mm. Belfast, Sanaya Sidney, who plays Venus Williams in King Richard, and Simon Rex from Red Rocket, yeah. which is a personal favorite of mine. So that was me too. So that was just super fun to do kind of rapid fire interviews on stage in front of a very enthusiastic audience with all of those people. It was very, very cool. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear what you think about the three movies that we're going to be talking about today, since as Alex mentioned, you are an official gold derby expert. So I'm curious to hear what you think about um, any predictions for who may take home the gold on Sunday. Sure we've each chosen a movie that we're really rooting for on Sunday night. Uh, We're going to share what it's nominated for, what we hope it'll win, and who it's up against, and of course, where you can watch it as well. Lizzie, your pick is first, so why don't you kick us off? Serve it up to us. Oh, boy. Wow. Alex just teased what it's going (laughs) to be. Um, I do want to call out before we jump into these movies that for those of you who've been listening along with us this season, you know that we've already covered Drive My Car, The Power of the Dog, and Being the Ricardos, all of which we really loved. So if you wonder why any of those are not making our list today, it's because we already talked about them. So go back and listen to those episodes. As you may have been able to tell from Alex's impeccable tennis pun. um, (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know my sports. (laughs) You know your sports. Uh, Alex Logan, a sportsman. Um, (laughs) uh, My choice is King Richard. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. It has an IMDb rating of 7.5 out of 10. The synopsis, according to IMDb, is a look at how tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after the coaching from their father, Richard Williams. I will point out that that synopsis does leave out the coaching they also got from their mother, Oracine Price, who uh, I'm sure we will talk about in a minute here as well. It's directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green, who also wrote and directed 2018's Monsters and Men, starring John David Washington, written by Zach Balin. The film stars Will Smith as Richard Williams, Anjanu Ellis as Oracine Brandy Williams, John Bernthal as Rick Macy, Tony Goldwyn as Paul Cohen, and Sonia Sidney and Demi Singleton as Venus and Serena Williams. Before we dive into what this is nominated for, I really loved this. I loved Will Smith's performance. But Dave, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on King Richard? 
I'm a fan as well. Uh, I saw it at the Telluride Film Festival and actually got to do the first interview with Ray Ronaldo Marcus oh, wow. Green after the uh, screening. And we were, I was backstage with him and Isha, one of the sisters was back there too, who was one of the producers of the movie. So it was very cool to get to, to know her a little bit. Um, I think it's a really strong movie. I think it, it's very eye-opening and it definitely caused me to look at the Williams sisters in a very different way. Yes. Um, one thing that I was worried about a little bit as far as the reception of the movie in the real world was what people were going to think about this movie that is so much about kind of the, the power of all of the women in this Williams family. And the movie is called King Richard. I know. And I and I actually, I tell you, I was uh, this is a little bit of a name dropper, but I was talking to the director, Karin Kusama, who did oh, Destroyer. Yeah. She yeah. Destroyer with Nicole Kidman. She did Girl Fight. Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to her about it because she had just seen the movie. I said, Karin, what do you think about this idea of the movie being called King Richard? Does this bother you? Mm. And she said, you know what, Dave, it doesn't because it what the I took from the movie, she said, was the fact that the king had to really be almost subservient to all of the queens in mm. his life. And the, and the title yes. almost uh, calls that out. So I yeah. think that, so I think that is a, a potential crisis averted um, in, in the movie, yeah. but I think it's super powerful. And I'm really happy that Anjanou Ellis got nominated yes. as well, because I thought she was like toe to toe holding her own with Will Smith the entire way. A hundred percent. It's an ensemble. It's about the mm-hmm. family and there's so much more to it. And just with that poster with a kind of, you know, small out of focus shot of them together, like it just didn't really sell what this movie was really about. And I think that's why it didn't get the big exposure that it deserved. It's a really great film. It's a really powerful film. And it's one I was not expecting. Yeah, I agree with that. It's also a very, to me, original way to pursue uh, a biopic because, you know, we're so used to seeing, oh, a biopic about Venus and Serena Williams. It's going to focus on them. This doesn't do that. Uh, This, you know, this focuses on the people who helped make them. And I mean, obviously, it does encompass their drive and their passion and the fact that they are extraordinary people, regardless of who their parents were. But this is a really interesting way into someone's life. And I appreciate that it's not a traditional uh, a traditional biopic structure. It is nominated for six Oscars. Will Smith, actor in a leading role. Anjanou Ellis, actress in a supporting role. Film editing for Pamela Martin. Original screenplay for Zach Balin. Best original song by none other than Beyonce. It's pretty great. And of course, best picture. In terms of what I'm really rooting for this to win, I want Will Smith to take home the Oscar. And I would love to see Anjanou Ellis uh, take it home for supporting actress as well. I personally, I think Will Smith is likely to win. I, I'm not sure that Anjanou is. Dave, what are your thoughts? I think you're dead on. I think Will Smith has it in the bag. It's his year. As a lot of people know, it's kind of a rematch of this category from 20 years ago when he was nominated for Ali, but mm-hmm. lost to Denzel Washington for training day. This time it's the it's the other way around. Um, right. You're right. Anjanou Ellis will not win because oh, Ariana yeah. DeBose is there uh, to, yeah. to yeah. ruin the party for Anjanou Ellis, although she's phenomenal. I will give a special shout out to Pamela Martin, the editor of this movie, who is an excellent editor when it comes to sports sequences. She edited The Fighter and was nominated for an Oscar for that too. And so much of what makes King Richard so great is that big sequence, that great tennis match. And that's largely Pamela Martin, just building the pace of that and creating such excitement and suspense. Yeah, you're totally right. That, That is something else to call out about this movie is that it does give due focus to the tennis and 
boy, it is fun to watch. I mean, they really managed to make these tennis matches look like Wimbledon, and it's it's a blast. And still have the character moments yes. in it as well that I like actually was drawn in. I mean, I'm, you know, I was sarcastic before. I, I'm not a big sports guy. <laughs> no. I'm, not, I'm definitely not a big tennis guy either. But I was riveted during this. They they make the emotionality of it work so well that you're you're drawn in. And I, I totally agree. Pamela Martin to encompass so much time and be able to tell this, you know, almost epic tale of this family and not lose the pacing and the interest and just you know how compelling how, how compelling it can all be i was it, it's it's a really really deserved nomination i hope she uh walks away with it that's great yeah i do too thank you for calling her out so just to wrap this up this is available to rent on prime video and other services and the i guess the last thing i'll say is that I know that this is a rematch of Denzel and, and Will Smith, as you called out from the previous year. Denzel was so good. You know, I, I wouldn't be unhappy if either of them walked away with the trophy. I agree. And with that in mind, let's move on to Dave's pick. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Well, my pick is the movie that is my favorite movie of 2021. Um, I will give runner-up status to Coda and The Power of the Dog, which I also loved. But my favorite movie of last year was Belfast. And it's a movie that has had an interesting ride over this award season. And I'm worried about its chances overall Mm. um, at the Oscars on Sunday. This is a movie that, as people know, is based on Kenneth Branagh's childhood when he was nine years old in 1969, when his whole world was upended, uh, when there was violence in his hometown of Belfast. And it's all about the family's decision to either stay in the city they love or move on to a different place to avoid and escape the violence. It's a black and white movie. It's got incredible performances by everyone from Judy Dench, Jamie Dornan, Katrina Balfe, and Kieran Hines. But the star of the show really is, I think, Ken Branagh's screenplay and direction and just the way he kind of lovingly crafted this movie in the middle of a pandemic. And it really affected me. And I think also it has added relevance now as everyone's kind of watching yeah. what's going on in Ukraine. So I think mm. it's it's a powerful movie. When it premiered at Telluride and Toronto, it won the Audience Award at Toronto, which was won last year by Nomadland, of course, which went on to win Best oh. Picture. But then I think as these last couple months have gone on, the power of the dog kind of usurped some of its uh, front runner status. And now you have this late surge by Coda, which is a yeah. movie that even though it came out last summer, people didn't in, in the industry by and large, didn't really take note of it or discover it until more recently. So it feels like the fresh new contender, which is why I actually think it's going to win um, best picture. I think you're right. Oh, but best picture. You think it's yeah. going to take, I mean, obviously Troy Kotzer has got it locked down after his, you know, just run on every award, but yes. Yeah, I think it'll be a split. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about Troy Kotzer. I, I hope he does. I would be really happy. I still think Cody Smith-McPhee may, may come through and take that category. 
I think what you're seeing, and I, I'll, I swear I'll talk more about Belfast in a second, but I think what you're seeing <laughs> is that The Power of the Dog is the movie that everybody admires. Yeah. And Coda is the movie that everybody loves. And yes, I, I think that's oftentimes, right. oftentimes the voters vote with their hearts and not mm-hmm. their brains. And I think that's why you're <laughs> going to see Jane Campion win director and Coda win picture, which is also crazy because it, if that happens, it would be the movie with the fewest nominations of among the best picture nominees beating the movie that has the most. Wow. So anyway, but, right. but back to Belfast, it did get seven nominations, which is actually disappointing. It was nominated for best picture, best director, best original screenplay. Two of its cast members were nominated, mm-hmm. Karen Hines for supporting actor and Judy Dench for supporting actress. And then it was nominated for its sound and also for an original song by Van Morrison. So I was expecting and hoping that it would also get cinematography and editing yeah. and production design, some of these other very important nominations. So I think you could say it underperformed at the nominations, which is why mm-hmm. I'm not very bullish on it winning much. So what would I like for it to win? Well, of course, I'd like for it to win Best Picture, but that's not going to happen. Same with Best Director. And I don't think it's going to win for either of the performers either. Or do, I don't think it's going to win for sound either. And even for song, I think Billie oh, Eilish. Oh, no, Dave. Has it, sorry, <laughs> has it wrapped up. So all of my hopes for this movie have now been pinned on the original screenplay category. Mm. And I think that would be a very fitting victory for Belfast were it to win that category because it would be Ken Branagh, who, by the way, I want to point out one thing that happened this year. I'm sure you guys know this. With his nominations for Belfast, he was nominated for writing it, directing it, and producing it. He now becomes the person nominated in the most different Oscar categories throughout his career. Seven different categories he's been nominated for. Just to spell that out for people, Best Picture, which is producing, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor. He even was nominated back in the 90s for a short film that he directed. So no one, not even George (laughs) Clooney, not even Walt Disney, not even Alfonso Cuaron has been nominated in that many different categories. So, And he's never won an Oscar. So I would just be super, super bummed out if all this history happened and he ends up going home with nothing for such a personal movie. Who's his competition for original screenplay? It's basically him against Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, another person who's had a ton of nominations but has never won. This is his ninth, 10th, and 11th nominations, and he's never won. Or Adam McKay has a chance, I would say, for Don't Look Up. But I think it's between Paul Thomas Anderson and Kenneth Branagh, and I'm hopeful that Ken Branagh is going to win. I think I'm with you on that. I I could definitely see this taking the original screenplay. And it's interesting that you point out, you know, current events and what's happening in in Ukraine. I I waited to watch this movie and I watched it for this episode when you chose it. Watching it and seeing what we're seeing on the news right now, it does hold a different weight. And honestly, I think it made me appreciate it more than I may have had I watched it a few months earlier. Mm. Yeah, it's an absolutely gorgeous film. And I, I love how it lulls you into this sense of beauty of that you're looking back. I mean, it's in, in part, it seems like Kenneth Branagh is is recreating home videos that he wish yeah. he still had. Like there's definitely that kind of like Roma sense where, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a director who has made all these other kinds of films, not made this necessarily personal film. I mean, he used to be Mr. Shakespeare adaptation for so long. Oh, yeah. But now as the pandemic's beginning, he sits down and he's like, I'm going to tell my story now and gives this really, you know, beautiful personal story. And it's great. I loved what he did with color too. the almost sort of Wizard of Oz treatment of, you know, the past and his memories are in black and white. And then the things that stand out in sort of bright beaming color to him are movies, which of course is where he ended up spending his life. I think that's pretty beautiful. 
Belfast is available to rent or buy on Prime Video and other services. All right, Alex, your time has come. I know you've been pretty excited to talk about this last movie uh, for quite a while, so take it away. I'll just give my short review of it. The worst person in the world, more like best movie in the world. Good one. Uh, this is yeah. <laughs> this is this is the movie that I I screened on my computer the first time, and then immediately as it came to theaters, wanted to go see two more times because it really touched me. Uh, this is a Norwegian dark romantic dramedy. Uh, it chronicles four tumultuous years in the life of Julie, her relationships, her career changes, her epiphanies as she tries to figure out who the real Julie is. Uh, it's got a 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. It's starring Renata Reinsva as Julie, Anders Danielson Lee as Axel, and Herbert Nordrum as Einvind. And it's directed and co-written by Joachim Trier. Um, and this is, he's been making this kind of unofficial Oslo trilogy. Um, he's Norwegian director, and he's making all these movies kind of set in Oslo. Uh, and this is the third of them. They're all thematically tied, but it's not necessarily that the characters overlap each other. Or there's no like common storylines. But he does always put Anders Danielson Lee as a starring role in all of these films. In this one, he's the he's Julie's boyfriend, so good. Uh, kind of a first major relationship. Uh, he plays a comic book writer named Axel. Um, he also, fun fact, is a full time practicing medical doctor. What and considers yeah, and he <laughs> considers himself a part time actor despite being in this and Bergman Island in 2021. Uh, he's kind of I, just blowing my mind. I'm totally a neophyte to all of uh, Joachim Trier. I feel so behind on his films. I actually just went and watched the Oslo trilogy. I am now completely in love with his movies. And that's how this has to be my favorite movie of the year because I saw this one and then I immediately went, what else has he got? Yeah. I got to see it all and just dove into it. And I really, it's it's not your typical love story dramedy. It's told in chapters as we kind of, you know, navigate through her life, sometimes focusing on very small moments, uh, sometimes focusing on, you know, kind of swaths of time where she decides she needs to leave this guy and meet this other guy. And it's just mm -hmm. this wonderful, wonderful story of a person trying to find themselves. And I think it's something that, you know, a lot of our lives have been upended lately and we're kind of looking back at, where we are and what we've made of our lives. And this one just connected with me on that deep, deep level. Yeah. Um, it's one that you have been lovingly shrieking at me to watch for quite a while. <laughs> and I, I find lovingly shrieking. Yes. That is perfect. Yes, and I, I finally got the chance to watch it. You were correct. I really loved it. And the thing that you had said to me that stands out is that this movie is very much in conversation with another international film from a long time ago, which is Amelie. Um, there are very similar structural elements. There's a sort of narration. There is the kind of exploration of a bit of a manic pixie dream girl, if you will. But what I really loved about this movie was that it explores the sort of personal weight and emotional trauma that comes along with being a manic pixie dream girl type yes. character. Um, and I this really blew me away. Dave, what did you think? It's my favorite foreign language film of the year. When I voted for Critics' Choice Awards, it got my vote over Drive My Car. Wow. Um, but it didn't win. Yeah. But it got my vote. Uh, I agree with you both. I think it was fascinating. I The character was just, you couldn't take your eyes off her. And I yeah. think um, it, it's a movie that explores really well how you can be on the outside, this very confident seeming person, mm -hmm. but not be sure about big decisions in your life. And even in the actual moments that they're happening. And I think it's, it's a movie that is complex, 
the character the, the lead character is certainly complex very different from a typical american romantic yes. comedy in quotes yes. heroine um, which is not allowed to have any faults or problems at all that aren't just like little quirks exactly and it's just unfortunate that it's up against drive my car because i don't think mm-hmm. it, it really has a chance to win um unfortunately but the fact that it got in there sorry to jump on your oscar nominations here alex but the fact that it also got in there for screenplay is very very impressive and that that to me was like the big win for this movie because it put it on a different plane uh amongst all the international films this year along with drive in a tough year for original screenplays like you're you were saying with belfast like it's it's something that you know usually doesn't get that kind of attention when you're talking about a a international feature usually you know Mm -hmm. it'll get the international uh notice but not really the the craft awards and you know, the writing awards and so happy that it, that it did get in there. And it's, it's definitely my pick for it because the balancing act that it's able to pull off. Yeah, yeah. With, with this character, like you're saying, who has all the faults who you hate for some of her decisions, but then you're just yeah. locked into where she's going on this journey. That's true. And Dave, I love your point about the fact that she is allowed to be an unlikable character mm. at, in large portions of this, which is, I feel like it's something I harp on in this podcast a lot, but you know the sort of idea of seeing women be unappealing or sometimes make bad decisions or you know be unattractive people—that's not something we get that often. Not in romantic comedies, not in dramas, and so to see that happen with her in this film, but also to see her not really be villainized, was kind of an amazing thing to watch. Um, I really loved it. Also loved watching her make that man define mansplaining uh, to her. That was an incredible moment. Yeah. It's worth your time and worth a watch for sure. You can rent it or buy it on Prime Video and other services, or you can still catch it in theaters twice like I did. Uh, definitely worth it. Yes, very much agreed. And thank you for making me watch yes. it, Alex. I need to I need to listen to you more. <laughs> oh, wow. Can I get that like isolated and maybe made as a ringtone. (laughs) (laughs) So we did want to share some other great international film suggestions that we got from one of our listeners, Heather M. Thank you for emailing us. Uh, She said a few favorite international foreign language movies. Let the right one in. Yes, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, The Lives of Others, another one of my favorites. Uh, That is an incredible movie if you have never seen it. Pan's Labyrinth and, uh-oh, Alex, I don't know how to pronounce this. Ong Bak, the Thai warrior, which is a really, really amazing martial arts movie. Oh, I have not seen that. Okay, I need to add that one to my list. Thank you, Heather. Uh, another one that Heather threw out at us is Whale Rider. A uh, young girl dreams of being the leader of her village where only firstborn sons may inherit the title. It's a New Zealand film with Maori and English uh, language in it, and it's a really wonderful film, too. Definitely worth watching. If you want to join the conversation, you can always email us at obsessedpodcast at imdb.com or tweet at imdb with the hashtag imdb is obsessed. If you want more Dave Carger in your life, he's hosting Oscars night at the museum. That's a party taking place at the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures. And you can also catch him during ABC's red carpet coverage the night of. Dave, thanks so much for being here. Always great to talk Oscars with you. Yeah. My pleasure. Great to see you both. Happy Oscar week. Happy Oscars. Happy Oscar week. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. 